You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Greetings and welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz, and each week we come to you on America's Web Radio and bring you the information that you need regarding health care policy so that you can advocate for yourself and for your family and uh, fight for your health care freedom. This show, the, doc- the Doctor's Lounge, has uh, just celebrated its third anniversary recently. We uh, Each week, along with uh, my co-host, Dr. Mike, we alternate bringing you stories about health care news and health care uh, issues that um, are affecting what kind of health care you can get and uh, all the uh, other issues that are um, influencing uh, health care decisions in this country. The Doctor's Lounge is brought to you by the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. The Docs for Patient Docs for Patient Care Foundation is a uh, free market um, healthcare think tank. It's the only healthcare think tank that is run and operated by actively practicing physicians. And it's important if you like what you hear on this podcast on this show that you support the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. Each week we send out newsletters so you can hear about these shows in advance. If you want to hear about them, you need to get on our mailing list. You need to uh, go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org or d4pcfoundation.org. You do not have to support us. Although, if you want us to continue to bring you these kinds of shows, you need to uh, send us $10, $25, $1,000, whatever you feel comfortable with. It's tax deductible. It's an um, uh, investment in your health care future by having groups like ours out there working for you. So please give generously and help the Docs for Patient Care Foundation. The... Um, uh, issues that I have been talking about over the last uh, few shows has uh, centered on um, a, a very important under-the-radar issue for most Americans, and it is very important um, because unbeknownst to most people, the issue that we're going to discuss today, Certificate of Need, is indirectly, and in some cases directly, uh, influencing the cost of health care, how much you are actually being charged for your care. Now, most people are not paying directly for their care. They get it through an insurance company. They get it through their business. But ultimately, you are paying for it. And um, there are many factors that come into play that influence the cost of health care, something that this whole health care debate has failed to address. Every, everything that we're hearing nonstop on TV, on radio, reading about in the papers is centered on health care insurance. So don't, don't for one second think that 
that uh, this is actually about health care. It's about the health care insurance industry, and and uh, and there's there's a, a big disconnect between the cost of care and and health care insurance. Certificate of need laws are uh, something that we've talked about on this show, and we'll with my next with my guest this morning we'll get into and have him uh, explain it from his point of view. My guest this morning is uh, Jim Manley, who is a senior uh, uh, attorney at the Goldwater Institute in uh, Arizona. And uh, um, Jim is a, a very gifted attorney who is experienced in health care and certificate of need. And um, uh, last week he... Um, Represented two doctors in Georgia, and uh, their fight against the state of Georgia and uh, the uh, their battle to try to push back against Georgia's certificate of need laws. So, uh, without taking away anything uh, from your your uh, talk today, Jim, or your your uh, our our discussion, let me first introduce you and welcome you into the doctors' lounge. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Well, great, and and it's it's uh, our our privilege to have you with us. And um, Jim, I you know we we um, had talked. I, I recently had the privilege of uh, personally um, uh, meeting um, uh, Jim Manley in Washington during a conference that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation put on regarding certificate of need laws. So. Before we, um, you know, sometimes we get people here, Jim, who um, are new listeners or um, who may uh, be um, regular listeners but but don't fully understand the issue. So can you set up Certificate of Need for Everybody and and just um, explain what this is all about? Sure, yeah. The shorthand that we use to describe Certificate of Need uh, and, and this is a, a policy that exists in, in a number of industries, in, including the medical industry. But the shorthand that we use is competitor's veto, because that, that is really what it amounts to. It is uh, extra permission that you need from the state and from your competitors in order to expand your services. So you've got your, your medical license. You you've, um, have your medical education, obviously. Uh, in, in some cases, in, in my client's case, they're, they're even able to set up some medical facilities. But uh, if they want to go beyond a certain threshold and offer more care or more care to more doctors, more availability of, of care to more doctors and patients, then they need to get this certificate of need approval. And, and really what it boils down to is, will your new services negatively impact competitors. And they use all sorts of euphemisms for that in the law, but, but that is that is what it boils down to. Uh, and we can talk about how the evidence supports that, that conclusion, but you can just look at the, the plain text of the law and every consideration that uh, in, in Georgia that, that the Department of Community Health looks at involves that, that basic question. How will this service impact competitors? And um, if you if you're expanding care in a way that that takes away from the profit of the hospital across the street, 
then chances are your application is going to be denied. And it's a tragedy. It's it's denying access to care uh, to countless people, and uh, it's it's really it's, it's tragic that there these policies, these con laws, uh, put put the the revenues of the hospitals ahead of uh, the well-being of patients. Okay, so so just just in a nutshell, the certificate of need laws started out in the 1960s. It was a a, a a uh, an idea that was that was uh, generated by hospitals and by nursing homes in New York to try to protect their turf against competitors that um, wanted to pluck away patients that that um, the hospitals believed were were better paying patients. And they uh, this idea spread around the country to other states. Eventually, the federal government looked at this and. Believed the um, the the uh, um, the prevailing dogma at that time that uh, this would actually help to save money and be better allocation of resources. So the federal government gave states money, incentivized them to set up these laws. Ten years later, they realized that these laws did not save money and that the the reasons for doing certificate of need were actually not correct, so they withdrew the money. Some states um, repealed their laws. Most didn't, and today we still have 35 states in the District of Columbia that have laws in place that that uh, mean that um, if, if doctors or other individuals want to set up facilities in healthcare, I'm going to we we specifically talk about healthcare in this show. That that they have to um, make an application to the their state, and um, and the state has to approve it. And before the approval uh, is granted, they have the opportunity. Uh, competing competing um, businesses, hospitals, or laboratories, or imaging centers have the uh, ability to um, veto that certificate of need and um, and so so this is um, essentially the anti-competitive nature of what is going on is that pretty much sum it up Jim yeah it's a great summary and and it's these laws like I said they, they do apply to other industries and in in those industries they the the laws are much more explicitly anti-competitive they're uh, they're designed to regulate natural monopolies in, in many cases. And um, so the, the policy is much more upfront when you have a certificate of need for um, an oil pipeline, for example, or a power line. Uh, the, the policy is to decide which one, one company can control this natural monopoly. That's why they have certificate of need in those, in those industries. But in the healthcare industry, the, there are no natural monopolies. There's actually quite a bit of competition in states that don't have certificate of need. Um, and wouldn't you know, that lowers costs, increase, increases access to care, increases quality. Um, but as you point out, the, the federal government got involved in this uh, in the 1970s and mandated certificate of need laws uh, in states as a condition of, of Medicaid funding. And it, that made a little bit of sense at the time because of the way Medicaid reimbursements were done. Uh, it, the way it was done encouraged uh, providers to spend more, uh, whether or not that, that 
care was necessarily required. Uh, that was the thinking, at least. And so the federal government stepped in and said, no, you can't build more hospital beds just to increase the amount of um, reimbursements you're getting from Medicare, uh, Medicaid. Uh, the, the problem with that is that it didn't work, as you point out, and the federal government realized this. The FTC realized that this, that this was restricting competition in the, in the healthcare industry, and the, the Department of Justice uh, agreed that the antitrust division because, again, this is an anti-competitive uh, regulation. And so both those, those entities, the FTC and the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, have been, since the 1980s, uh, requesting that states repeal these laws and correct this mistake that the federal government forced on the states. And they, they've taken quite an active role. It, it's really surprising uh, the level of involvement they've had in terms of providing testimony when states, when bills do come up to, to repeal certificate of need, which happens very rarely because of the power of the hospital lobby. Um, and the, the, the FTC especially has been um, a, a strong proponent of eliminating certificate of need laws because they have uh, a negative effect on the healthcare market, and and that's a policy from from Reagan through Obama to Trump now. Uh, every administration uh, since uh, 1986 has um, has pursued a policy of repealing certificate of need laws. Hmm, that's very. That's I, I had no idea. We're coming up uh, to a hard break in in just a minute. But, um, Jim, what I wanted you to do in the next segment is um, is explain to our listeners um, how you got involved in the Georgia case, what the Georgia um, Certificate of Need Challenge was, and um, and uh, elaborate a, a bit on that. So, so when we get back in the next segment in the Doctor's Lounge, that's what we're going to talk about, so please stay with us. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge. My guest is Jim Manley, uh, Senior Attorney at the Goldwater Institute. We are talking about Certificate of Need. Um, there's a legal challenge in Georgia that uh, 
that Jim is in the middle of, and um, we're going to talk about that right now. So, so what's the wh- what happened uh, um, in Georgia, Jim? Yeah, so we represent two doctors who own a surgery center uh, outside of uh, Carter in, in Cartersville, which is just north of Atlanta, and they. They own the surgery center, and and because they don't have a certificate of need, only uh, those two doctors, Dr. Rebo and Dr. Barfield, uh, and their full-time employees are allowed to operate there. So what that means is they've got this surgery center. It's an outpatient laparoscopic surgery center, so they can do stuff that probably doesn't surprise uh, the doctors who are listening, but... Uh, just amazing uh, surgeries that they can do outpatient, uh, where a, a woman can come in for a hysterectomy and walk out under her own power the next day, or the that same, day, same day. Same day. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and so they've got this great center. It's it's warm. It's inviting. It, their their infection rate it has been zero uh, since they opened. Uh, it's just it's a place that's designed to do surgery. And so it's it's very good for that. So they've got doctors who are knocking on their door asking them to use the surgery center because it's such a great facility. And and there are you know wonderful surgery centers all across the country that, that have these advantages. Um, but without a certificate of need, they cannot allow other doctors to use the facility. So they're OBGYNs, my clients. And they've, they've got a thriving uh, practice uh, aside from their surgery center. And so on the days of the month when they're busy delivering babies or, or on call, um, the surgery center sits empty. <laughs> and and uh, so they applied for a certificate of need to, to, do, to just allow other doctors to use the facility when it's sitting there empty. And the... Uh, they had to spend uh, around $20,000 on this application uh, in terms of application fees and paying a consultant to help navigate the ridiculously complex uh, regulations that, that go along with certificate need laws. And time away from their practice. Absolutely. And, and time away from the practice that, to be honest, the, the questions that they were getting from the department just demonstrated that the department wasn't really taking their application seriously. They, they would they would get requests for information that was already included in their application. Uh, it, it was it, it had the appearance of, of a show of a show application. And this hurts for, patients because it 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 takes away these doctors from this small community. There aren't that many OBGYNs in this community. Yeah. Well, and and it's. It, it really is tragic. I'm not, I'm not being uh, dramatic when I say that because these laws, in every time they're applied, whether they're whether it's this, this context where it takes a doctor out of out of, out of his practice and, and forces him to, to spend his day dealing with bureaucrats, or or in this application where it's preventing doctors from using this great facility uh, because uh, competitors object. And, and as, I, as I said in the last segment, we call, the, we call these certificate of need laws competitors' veto laws. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, the hospital across the street, as well as a couple of other hospitals in the area, uh, uh, objected to the doctor's application uh, for a certificate of need. 
their their only reason for objecting was that there there was no need to have another surgery to have access to another surgery center in the Cartersville area. They're, they had extra capacity, and so they weren't about to let a competitor come in and and try to offer a better product. And and it's really astonishing the way that the, the Department of Community Health uh, phrased its final decision. And what the department said was, because the surgery center was not already operating at capacity, it couldn't allow other doctors to operate there. <laughs> now think about that for a second, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's an impossible standard. Right. <laughs> and and But that, that is the basis for the department's decision to deny the certificate of need and and force my clients to let their surgery center sit idle. Uh, now, that left them really with only one choice, which was to challenge this whole ridiculous idea that you need to ask your competitors for approval in order to uh, open a new business or expand an existing business. So they, so they, um, how, how did uh, Goldwater Institute get involved? Well, we've been looking at the certificate of need issue for for quite some time, and one of the challenges in public interest litigation is is finding plaintiffs who are willing to stand up and take on the regulators who have the power of life and death over their business. And so, when when we met uh, uh, Dr. Rebo, and he explained the situation and explained his will to fight for the right outcome, uh, we we jumped on that opportunity to represent them and to try to bring some sanity to the, the healthcare market in, in Georgia and and hopefully across the, the country. Um, and, and that's that's really a critical part, too, is that, uh, you know, a lot of people see the the error of certificate of need uh, or, or the other anti-competitive laws that we fight against, uh, but they... The, even if, if, if someone sees the, the error of, of an anti-competitive law, some folks are willing to let the law just exist if they can get theirs. So if they can get an exception, if they can get uh, their, their certificate granted, then they're happy enough to just, to just continue on their way and, um, and take advantage of the competitive uh, advantages that, that these laws provide. But Dr. Rebo and Dr. Barfield were not willing to do that. They they thought it was wrong that there is a regulation that requires competitor approval for a new business, even even if it it might help them in certain situations keeping competition out. Their view is let a, let another surgery center open up in the parking lot across from us. That's great. We can compete with them. We can offer better prices. We can offer better care. And, and, I mean, I think that tells you all you need to know about what the true impact of these laws are. Uh, it's, it's stifling care, and, and there's some numbers to back that up, too, we can talk about. Okay, so, so this, this case, um, it, it proceeded through the lower courts, and they, they, um, they got thwarted along the way. Is that right? Uh, they got, I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, I'm saying didn't the the, the ca- so you took the case, pled the case, you you uh, argued this case in lower courts in Georgia, and uh, eventually um, 
it it made its way all the way up to the Georgia Supreme Court. Yeah, and and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background on the the trial court because it was it was interesting. The uh, the state fought tooth and nail to even prevent this case from being heard. They they raised all sorts of procedural objections. Uh, and and we we litigated those issues just the, the question of whether we could go into court for uh, over a year before we actually got into the substance of the case and we actually even went up to the Georgia Supreme Court uh, and and the court uh, sent the case back down to the the lower court without a decision uh, and, and essentially said you, you can't avoid deciding this issue um, and and, and forced the, the lower court to make a decision on the merits. And unfortunately, the uh, the lower court uh, decided against us. Uh, the Georgia Alliance of Community Hospitals tried to get involved in the case uh, as uh, an intervener, so that means that they, they tried to get involved as a full party in the case uh, to so that they could um, essentially slow things down. And it, it was interesting, they, the, the, reason that they cited for getting involved in the case was to protect the revenues of their members. That was explicitly their reason for getting involved, to hmm. stop, quote-unquote, cherry-picking. Um, and so our, our uh, objection to them getting involved was that their only interest in the Certificate of Need laws is preventing competition. And that is the only thing that the certificate of need laws do, and so the state is is capable of defending those laws on their own. And and the court agreed with us, which is which is pretty uh, peculiar for a court to 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 keep a, a party like the Georgia Alliance of Community Hospitals out of a case. And uh, and, and it really reveals again what the con laws are all about, which is protecting the revenues of existing hospitals. And but so the the alliance continued to file briefs uh, as an amicus and uh, try to gum up the works and um, uh, but ultimately the the trial court uh, ruled against us and so we we appealed to the Georgia Supreme Court uh, and uh, we just had oral argument uh, uh, on the twenty sixth of June. And what was um, the uh, the major the major uh, Argument or point that that you argued uh, in this case. So one of the the strategies that the Goldwater Institute uses in our litigation is to is to look to state constitutions uh, to protect rights that the federal courts uh, have sort of left behind. Jim, we have and one minute. We have one minute to a hard break. So so I'm going to okay. So so uh, the, so the. So that's that's a good preview, really, to to what we argued, which is that the Georgia Constitution protects uh, against these sorts of anti-competitive laws, and and in fact, the Georgia Supreme Court in the past has enforced these these protections uh, to strike down some very powerful uh, anti-competitive uh, laws uh, for, that that protected some very powerful lobbies, and we can get into more detail about that uh, as we go on. Um, but but that's the key here is that is that the Georgia Constitution and the, and the constitutions of of many states have additional protections that um, that that the federal courts just don't recognize anymore, 
and that can be really powerful tools to, to strike back against uh, laws like certificate of need. Outstanding. Well, we'll develop that in the next segment, so stay with us in the Doctor's Lounge. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal Schurz. My guest this week is Jim Manley from the Goldwater Institute, senior attorney there. We're talking about the case in Georgia of uh, Hugo Rebo and Malcolm uh, uh, Bar- Barfield, who... Uh, sued the state of Georgia on uh, over their certificate of need laws, and uh, Jim Manley uh, argued this case um, on their behalf, and we had uh, uh, gotten to what the strategy for for uh, 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 arguing this case is was in Georgia and may be around the country. So, we're, um, Jim, you, I guess you are like uh, a modern day trust buster. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, uh, except the, the trusts these days are created uh, by the government. Um, so, uh, that, and, I mean, that is what certificate of need laws do. They, they create these, um, uh, they create monopoly power in existing businesses. And, and so that's why we looked to a provision of the Georgia Constitution that was designed uh, to fight um, these government-created monopolies. And um, it's generally referred to as an anti-monopoly clause. And uh, it's uh, a feature of many state constitutions. It's, it's, it's a little bit hard to tell um, how many states have a functioning monopoly clause, uh, because uh, many courts have not enforced their, their anti-monopoly clauses in a, in a really robust way. Georgia uh, has, and so that's part of the reason that we we brought the case in Georgia the way that we did, uh, relying on the the state constitution, because Georgia has a strong tradition of striking down these sorts of of laws that are designed for only one purpose, which is to protect existing businesses from competition. And you can get a sense of how seriously Georgia takes 
uh, its its constitutional protections against monopoly by by looking at, at some of the, the landmark cases in this area. The the two most important cases are are cases involving auto dealers monopolies. And if if you know anything about politics, especially state and local politics, the auto dealers monopoly um, mono- the auto dealers lobby is is incredibly powerful. And so that's why they were able to get laws in place uh, and and that are still in place in most states protecting auto dealers from competition. And it's really striking that these laws in Georgia uh, operated very much like the certificate of need law in the healthcare context. So the state is carved up into uh, different regions uh, in both laws. And then in order for uh, a manufacturer to add another dealership, or in the case of the certificate of need for a medical facility like a surgery center to bring in independent doctors. The, the existing uh, company needs to get approval from competitors. So other dealerships have to sign off on, on the new dealership. Other medical facilities have to, to sign off on the new, um, the new uh, services that are being provided. And the, the Georgia Supreme Court... Uh, the, these laws were challenged in the 1970s in the, the auto dealer context, and the Georgia Supreme Court took took a look at the Constitution um, and applied it as written to strike down these laws because they tend to discourage competition and increase uh, monopoly power. And that's that's a really that's a striking thing for for the court to determine that a law protecting such a powerful lobby was unconstitutional. Uh, was was really it's a landmark case and it um, it applies just perfectly in our situation here with certificate of need laws and so if the court is is still willing to to take a, a strong principled stand for the constitution we should see a similar outcome here now there's a an unhappy uh, coda to the um, the auto dealer story. The, as I said, the auto dealers are very powerful politically. And to give you a sense of how powerful they are, when they lost in the Georgia Supreme Court, they went and got an exception added to the Georgia Constitution to protect them uh, and to allow them to have anti-competitive laws. And, uh, and so they were able to maintain their monopoly uh, through their political power. Could that happen in, in this kind of case? If if there's yeah. a favorable so the, if there's a favorable after outcome? the Georgia Supreme Court after the Georgia Supreme Court decided that the the Georgia Constitution prohibits uh, creating auto dealer monopolies, the auto dealers went to the voters and asked them to uh, amend the Constitution to add an exception for auto dealers for, for franchise um, agreements. <laughs> I had and no so, idea. So so they were able to to weasel out from the 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 decision of the Georgia Supreme uh, Court. Interesting. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that, that that will be less likely here, despite the political power of the the, um, the hospital lobby. If if the Georgia Supreme Court applies the Constitution and strikes down the certificate of need laws, there is a tremendous body of research uh, 
helped by, as I said earlier, the, the uh, Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice, uh, but also uh, the folks over at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University have been doing tremendous work in this area, demonstrating that people are dying because of these certificate of need laws. And for the hospitals to be able to go to the voters and say, protect our profits uh, in the face of, of all of that evidence, I think it's going to be very difficult for them mm -hmm. to make that case. Obviously not impossible, but um, the research in this area is, is just striking about the negative effects of certificate of need laws. So, so how do you feel your, your case went? Oral argument uh, is is kind of a, a, a funny thing. If you've never listened to one, and you need to fall asleep at night, you can you can find it on uh, on the Georgia Supreme Court's website. Um, but it, it's it's essentially uh, it's it's twenty minutes uh, of question and question and answer from from the the court. There are seven, uh, nine justices on the Georgia Supreme Court, and uh, uh, each lawyer presents for, for 20 minutes, and most of that presentation is taken up by the, the justices asking questions. And it's, it's always um, difficult to predict how a case is going to turn out based on a real argument, um, because uh, sometimes judges will, will play devil's advocate. And so uh, they, they may ask difficult questions of, of one side simply to, to, to test the, the theory that, that they uh, will ultimately adopt, uh, but, but their questions suggest the opposite. So it's hard to read into it, but one thing that I was really happy to see is that uh, the Georgia Supreme Court was, was engaged. Uh, we got questions from uh, the majority of, of the judges, and uh, they understood the issue, and they understood the implications of it. There was, there was one particularly uh, remarkable exchange with the government's attorney, and uh, the, several of the justices asked, if we decide that the Georgia Constitution allows the state to give a monopoly to uh, a, a particular hospital or a, a particular group of hospitals, what's to stop us from, from approving uh, of a monopoly for uh, grocery stores, um, you know, giving an entire region over to Kroger and another region over to Publix and so on and so forth. And <laughs> the government attorney, to her credit, uh, was honest and, and said nothing would stop that. If you, if you authorize a monopoly here, state can can monopolize any industry it likes and I, let me tell you the as soon as she answered that question then the just like a machine gun other justices started answering asking the same question in different ways i think they were astonished at her answer uh, i certainly was I, I i think it's as i said i think it's honest but i think it's it really demonstrates the the principle at stake here which is, does the state have a policy of protecting existing businesses from competition, or does it have a policy of allowing uh, the, the, the market to provide services at the best possible price and the best 
possible uh, quality to to the public. And so the, they, the justices started asking questions about um, whether you could monopolize the housing industry or the clothing industry. Uh, and to all these questions, the government attorney answered yes, yes. Uh, the state essentially has no limit on its power to create monopolies, as long as the state can come up with some pretense that justifies uh, creating a monopoly. Um, then, then uh, the the law is powerless to stop the, the legislature, and that I think uh, was was the most remarkable thing that happened at oral argument, and uh, gives me the most hope that we we will get a, a good decision from the, the Georgia Supreme Court. In the event that that doesn't happen, is there are there federal statutes that are anti-monopoly, um, FTC-based, that supersede states? Well, that that's the difficult thing. The, the certificate of need laws have actually prevented the FTC from uh, enforcing federal antitrust laws because um, combinations in restraint of trade that the FTC has tried to go after are um, explicitly authorized by the con laws. And so you get into a couple of different problems. One, that it's very difficult to unwind a monopoly that's been approved by, by state regulators uh, because technically it, it can be uh, illegal under, under state law to do that. And so it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, for the FTC to, to actually enforce the, the federal antitrust laws in a meaningful way in this context. And the other problem that you run into is that the, the states are uh, exempted from the, the federal antitrust laws. And so states can uh, authorize monopolies. And uh, so that... That is really the, huh. the the central problem with with relying on federal law to fix this problem, and it it really should be a problem that the federal government fixes since it started this uh, problem in the first place by mandating certificate of need laws in the 1970s. Um, but uh, it's it's not uh, something that uh, well they have no the, appetite the to do has, it. Has fixed right? You know there there. Are there are people who are much smarter than I who have um, uh, proposed that uh, the federal government does get involved with this and use try to try to rectify the mistake that they made. And um, one way would be to uh, um, now in this climate of health care um, reform and trying to reform reform, so to speak. Mm-hmm try to uh, tie Medicaid block grants to the states that they're, that they're trying to, uh, that many governors are, are now addicted to, and tie it to um, reversing the certificate of need laws. And, uh, and well, it, it would certainly be a, a poetic solution, given that that, that is almost precisely uh, how the, the con laws came into exactly. existence in, in all the states. Um, the, the, the federal government required these laws in order to, to um, uh, for, in order for states to qualify for Medicaid funding, uh, and all, all the states needed to have these laws in place by 1980, 
in order to, to uh, not lose their funding. Georgia right. passed its law in in 1979. No. <laughs> um, of course. Well, you know what, Jim? Of course. We got we've got our last hard break. I want to I want to um, tie up all the loose ends in our last segment. Um, so stay with us uh, when we get back into the doctor's lounge again. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. My guest is Jim Manley from the uh, Goldwater Institute. We're talking about Certificate of Need Laws, and we are wrapping up the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Hal Schurz. Um, Jim... So um, the case is has now been has been argued. What is um, the time frame and uh, and and next steps? So the next step is the Georgia Supreme Court will issue a decision, and that could happen uh, as early as as Friday. <laughs> but I don't I don't expect that. Um, uh, it will more than likely take about 30 to 60 days to get a decision, uh, but the, the court really has a lot of discretion to take as much time as it needs to, to make this decision. Um, and the, But the court will post on its website uh, when the decision is, is going to be released, and, and uh, we just have our fingers crossed until then. Is the court influenced, Jim, by, by public opinion or... Um, op-eds or other other um, efforts to try to uh, sway public opinion? Well, they, they, they shouldn't be, um, but, but they're people. Uh, they're members of our community, uh, and um, I think it's, it's, always, uh, um, it's always important to, to try to convince a judge uh, that they have to rule for you, uh, but it's equally important to, to convince a judge that they that they should rule for you and to get them to want to rule for you. Um, the, if the, the law requires them to, to rule in your favor, that's great. But if, if their heart is telling them that it's the right decision, then, then that's even better. I'll tell you why I asked. Um, as, as you know, and uh, many of our listeners know, uh, we put on a certificate of need conference in Washington, bringing together all of the um, major principals who are working in this area around the country into one room to try to strategize. Um, Jim Manley was there representing Goldwater Institute. Um, um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a very productive meeting. It was uh, tremendous to have 
have all those folks in one room, and I, I thank you guys for putting that on. It was, I think it's a big step in the right direction. Well, thank you, and uh, you know, we, we uh, are going to build on that, but the, the, the thing that, um, that, is that I, I want uh, people to uh, understand is, is that uh, this, is, this is the uh, one area that um, it's, this is a, these laws are affecting people's lives, and it's the law that nobody knows anything about, right? It's it's sort of uh, it's it's flying under the radar. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, and part of that is because it's it's terribly complex, and so even if you understand that these laws exist, understanding how they work is 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 really very difficult to figure out, uh, and. You know, there are arguments on the other side, and and we were hit with a lot of these. Um, but really what they boil down to is is it's not really a debate about certificate of need. It's on one side there is empirical scholarly research that that shows that certificate of need laws are denying people access to care. You talked at the, the top of the show about just the cost of care, which is obviously a huge problem and, and a problem that's made worse by certificate of need laws. But there's the the basic question of whether you can even get care. And certificate of need laws, the evidence shows, makes it more difficult to get care. And one of the reasons people say we need certificate of need is, is to protect rural uh, access to care. But the problem with that argument is uh, that in states where you don't have certificate of need, access to care is better in rural areas. The, these laws are not protecting rural hospitals from closing. They're preventing providers from opening new services in rural areas. And uh, so the arguments on the other side really are based on sort of speculation and hunches that have been good enough for a long time because there hasn't really been a, a concerted effort to fight back against these laws. And uh, there is now, though. And so the, the work, especially that the, the uh, economists at, at George Mason are doing, to try to put some meat on the bones and, and fight back against these, these uh, arguments from the other side, demonstrate that really what's happening here is, is that certificate of need laws are reducing access to care they're making care more expensive and they're reducing quality too the uh georgia for example has uh outcomes that are 19 percent worse than the baseline for open heart surgery Mm. and so that means people are dying in georgia and that is attributable to the certificate of need laws and the the way that they prevent um access to uh, the best quality care at the lowest prices. You know, you mentioned the Mercatus Institute, and they did a, uh, a they they put together a project looking at uh, healthcare uh, access, and uh, they made an index based on uh, twenty three different metrics. And Georgia ranked number fifty one, including the uh, uh, District of Columbia. And uh, that would have been uh, that would have been another good uh, bullet in your gun at the Supreme Court. I wish uh, I wish I would have talked to you about that. I don't know if you <laughs> talked to them and brought that up. Yeah, well, and and one, I mean, not to get too far into the legal weeds, but one of the the tragedies of this area is that the courts 
uh, are extremely deferential to to the bureaucrats mm-hmm. and to the legislature. And so policy arguments like this, the fact that people are dying, is technically irrelevant, hmm. um, especially in federal court. Um, but it's uh, it's an astonishing abdication from the courts that that they're not willing to actually look at what's happened and and um, and judge laws based on on how they they function rather than than their than the best intentions. Uh-huh. So well, we, we we've got five we've got five minutes, and I want to ask you two questions, and they're based on on um, directions that that uh, this goes from here. So. This is a favorable ruling, what happens in Georgia and what happens around the country, and it's an unfavorable ruling, what happens next? Well, if it's a favorable ruling, then the health care market will, will be reinvigorated in Georgia, and folks are going to have more access to better care. Uh, that, that's what the data shows will happen. Uh, so... You've, you've got uh, about 36 states that, that have certificate of need right now. And in, in the other states, what you see is, is just a more robust health care market with more options and better prices. So that's what will happen in, in the best-case scenario. And, and I also think that, it, that this, the ruling will have a ripple effect, uh, a positive ruling will have a ripple effect in other states that have certificate of need and especially states that have an anti-monopoly clause uh, or strong uh, protections against anti-competitive laws. Uh, but, but even in states where, where the courts don't really do a good job of protecting against um, uh, anti-competitive laws, I think you're going to see a ripple effect. Uh, if nothing else, it will give legislators in other states some... Um, Pause. Potential to get some <laughs> backbone, right? And uh, and then if we have a if we have a negative decision, then then the 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 burden shifts to the people to ask their representatives to fix this problem. And it's uh, like a lot of, of public policy issues. It's a problem of uh, dispersed costs and concentrated benefits. So the, the hospital monopoly has a huge interest in maintaining these laws. And the negative impact they have on the rest of us is individually small and, and difficult to perceive. The, the, the fact that you have to go to the hospital for uh, your, your surgery rather than going to a surgery center, you may not even know that, that the surgery center is, a, is an alternative. Um, and so it's hard for, for folks to understand how they're being negatively impacted. Mm-hmm. But you know that's our job to try to educate folks and 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 help them to understand that their health care could be better, it could be better tomorrow, if if the states uh, got out of the way and stopped protecting competitors and and really allowed uh, uh, the health care market to to function um, in in their states. My my producer and our station uh, operator and owner is infuriated by this whole whole. Uh, uh, subject of state uh, sanction monopolies and is firing questions at me uh, <laughs> uh, on, on cards nonstop. One question that he wanted to know is: Does this issue have any national coverage? Well, certainly, and 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 you you guys have helped push that uh, this conversation to the national level with how with your your op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, 
um, it's it's an issue that is that is gaining traction on the national level. I haven't I haven't heard much national policy discussion about it uh, you know, at the federal level, and I think that's a that's a problem that that we need to help help fix. I think you're right. So I I think that I would like to urge anybody in Georgia who's listening to this to write an op-ed um, and uh, do it soon this week and try to get it into your local papers around the state and uh, make a point of uh, the the uh, the the Supreme Court justices in Georgia have a responsibility to protect patients in this state and not special interests. Would you agree with, with that approach, Jim? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know, send a send a letter to your send or co- just copy your your legislator on that uh, that uh, op-ed that you that you submit to the paper. Let let the let the policymakers in your state know that that you understand this issue and you think it's it's an abomination that that the state is is putting profits over patients and protecting competitors. Uh, and you know that if you need more more material. Um, you can go to our website, goldwaterinstitute.org, and uh, we have a case page uh, about the, the Women's Surgical Center case that has um, a lot of the details that we've discussed this morning about the FTC's advocacy, about the Mercatus Center research. So that's all there to help you um, write a, an informed and persuasive uh that's perfect. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I was going to ask you to bring that up, so you beat me to the punch. Jim, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your hard work, your efforts in this area. I know that we're all um, we're all working on this, you know, in different directions. So, so thanks again, and I hope that uh, we'll have you back here with uh, another segment with a favorable response, and we can talk about implications at some point in the future. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you, Hal, for all you do, and and for for docs for patient care for, for really helping to to lead the fight. Okay, well, thank you for listening to us today, and uh, come back uh, next time in the doctor's lounge. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.